Hello, welcome to Spotlight, where there's something to brighten every palette. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. This evening, death in the Morrick. Don't worry, we speak to local author Judith C. Davis. Hear how the Halle, that's the orchestra, not the comet, will be landing on the island very soon. And get the inside track on the Isle of Man's artistic scene from this year's Arts Council intern. Oh, and a reminder of a delayed dick. Stop it. As always, do get in touch with any creative artistic endeavours you may be involved in, planning and hoping to create or would really like to put in the spotlight, be they poetic, visual, theatrical, musical or literary, or even mine. Just email me. You know it, spotlight at maxradio.com or howardkane at maxradio.com. So off we go then. To a death in the Moorick. Don't worry, don't worry, no boats have sunk. It's a wonderful work of fiction set on the Isle of Man, of course, from local author Judith C. Davis, weaving murder, mystery and romance, and due to be launched on the island tomorrow evening. Here she is, reading a short extract from her book, To Tempt You. At the same time as Peter Quilliam was inspecting the grubby gas cooker in his newly leased flat in Parliament Street, Ramsey, Fenella Kelly was wielding a gleaming pallet knife in a cramped attic fronting the sea. Both were absorbed, both grim-faced. Both had reached crossroads in their lives. Fenella's strong fingers pressed gouache into the canvas, scraping chrome white into impressionistic clouds. The sky came delicately to life as she layered paint over paint. The wildness of the waves were now matched in texture, and when her well-laden knife accentuated yellow ochre sand amongst the stippled grey shingle, the composition at once became intriguingly realistic. So much indeed as she stood back pushing a straggle of dark hair behind her ear, she could almost smell the tangy seaweed from the tide line. She smiled, disbelievingly. Out of the chaos in her head, a painting had emerged, that she could be proud of at last. Gouache was not her usual medium. She didn't know why she adopted to use it. One might have thought, when so much change was in the offing, that she would stick to what she knew best, serene watercolours. But serenity was far from her prime emotion. She felt at the end of her tether. Reaching for a rag, she slid it slowly down the wide knife blade. That was the trouble with enforced change. It made you question everything, and sometimes it made you realise that what you already had was worth holding on to at any cost. Ah, there you are. See, fascinating painting a picture at the beginning of death in the Moorick. An unexpected guest comes to stay. Nothing will ever be the same. Judith C. Davis in the studios with us and just reading out... uh, opening, like I said, a few paragraphs from a book there. Tell us a bit about the book then, Judith. This is something, is, is this a, a passion of yours? You've always wanted to do a story along these lines. How did you come to actually write the book? I think the internment years have always impressed me somehow. Um, when I was little, we used to uh, go through Hutchinson Square regularly to get to uh, the bus, York Road bus depot. And my mum told me that about the place when it was Hutchinson Camp and that a lot of famous musicians were held there. 
and they had newspapers and concerts and um, it was very interesting. Um, she came, she was born in Onken, but she lived in Peel. And of course, that was another internment area. Um, she showed me where the tunnel had been attempted to cross Peveril Road, I think it was, at one time when some of the internees were trying to escape. And then Ramsey. Um, I've lived in Ramsey quite a lot, quite a few times. And the marks of the post holes are still there on the Morak Promenade, mm. which is fascinating, I think. Yes, we'll link with the post. Um, so the story sort of grew and developed and I've had it within me for a long time. It's taken a while to come to fruition. I imagine the house where the uh, scene is set as being in one of the houses that have been knocked down and now there are apartments there. I remember there was a big double-fronted house where all the, uh, the cyclists used to stay. It isn't that one, it's one of the others, but uh, that was it. And I love the Moorock, uh, the atmosphere of it, the tranquility, mm. you know. Um, and the Moorock promenade. When I lived in Ramsey at one time, I used to drive to work um, always along the promenade and see the seabirds and the sea. And the so ch- a perfect backdrop. It for, is a perfect for, backdrop. For, your, for yes, your story. Yes, it's wonderful. And the story, the actual writing process itself for you, is this something that comes very naturally? Are you sort of needs to discipline yourself to sit at your desk or your PC or laptop every day? Or do you do it in spurts late at night? How does that um, work for you? No, it, it, it's during the daytime. I've always worked in the daytime. Um, I've written since my children were small. And two of them are in their 50s. So I've written a long time. I've written a lot of novels that haven't got anywhere and eventually I decided I'd go to short stories and I got them off pretty well to a T. Um, but I always wanted to get this novel particularly out because the characters I had set in my mind. And so I eventually decided to do it. <laughs> and as the story as published here now, beautifully done as well, uh, out a lovely cover on it, looking really nice as well. Is this story pretty much the same as the original story you had in your head or have you had to tweak it and alter it and edit it a lot in I've, the process? I've had to tweak it as I went along because I wasn't quite sure. At the, I felt there wasn't enough plot, but that I hope I've, I've filled in now and the characters are more rounded. And, yeah, apart from a little better proofreading. <laughs> it's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. So someone's got to spot the mistake. Up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one right. or two, yes. So have you got a taste for the longer form now with Death in the Moor? Can, can you I've see got, I've got another more? one um, finished bar the, you know, going through again mm. and again, um, which is also set on the island. But there's so much I'd like to do in with memories of growing up because I grew up when Douglas was a holiday town and what's happened to the beach? It's just so sad now. And so. would you stay then with it with a sort of similar format, similar sort of storylines or would be I something? think I'd I think I would like to um yes. Yeah, I like light crime novels mm-hmm. myself. Um I like George Belair's. Have you read any of his? Mm-hmm. Corpse at the Carnival, which I loaned to someone I never got back. I like that period. Um, perhaps a little bit later, 
but late 50s, 60s, perhaps, yeah. So we could see, this could be the first of several, many, you never know. It could if I can manage. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it is out now. Uh, can people can people get it locally? Do they need to go online? or? Um, well, it is on Amazon mm-hmm. as, a, as a book, as an e-book, but hopefully it should be in the shops. And now. personally, I, I like the, I like having a book in my hands. I must yes, have. yes, oh, I do. Mm. Yeah, and I'm having a, a little launch event at um, the Henry Bloom Noble Library on the Thursday, the fourteenth, at seven o'clock, and anyone can come, but they have to ring and get a ticket. It's free, mm-hmm. just so they know how many are coming. Okay, if so, anyone. <laughs> so they just need to ring the library. Is that just, just ring the ring, library ring the and library. they'll take your name and keep a ticket for you. Well, yeah. splendid. And there'll be a cup of tea and a biscuit as well. What's not to like? <laughs> well, listen, thanks very much for spending a few minutes to tell us about your book today. Best of luck with the next one and a death in the Moorock. Like I said, you can go along. I'm sure if you pop along to uh, Henry Bloom Noble, Judith will be happy to sign a copy uh, if you're yes. there. Uh, if not, you can get it online, read at your leisure. But uh, yes, a wonderful read and just the ideal summer reading for you uh, should we ever get a summer <laughs> and if you want to meet Judith and perhaps get a signed copy I'm sure she'd be pleased to indulge you uh, don't forget that local book launch 7pm tomorrow evening Thursday at the Henry Bloom Noble Library in Douglas go and say hello Spotlight brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council Now, we've been profiling the work and membership of the Isle of Man Arts Council here on Spotlight over the last few weeks and will be continuing to do so over the coming weeks. But another thing they offer is an internship for a young person passionate and committed to some form of career in the arts. A great chance to get a sound, artistic foundation locally here on the island. Well, earlier this week I dropped down to Arts Council HQ in the Villa Arcade to meet the woman lucky enough to have secured this year's position. Hi, I'm Sophie Linham and I'm the Arts Graduate Intern with the Arts Council. I started at the beginning of April um, and it's just a year-long contract, so I've got a lot to do. <laughs> and what does the role actually involve? Um, so a lot of the time is planning my own projects, um, surrounding dance, which is the course I did at university. Um, yeah, so a lot of it is planning my project and then I'm also helping with um, Halle kind of admin stuff because we've got that coming up um, and just kind of getting involved with everything else that we've got going on in the team. Um, but most of it is just kind of what I'm doing and like, planning that kind of thing. Yeah. And your background there, so you hinted at, was it at uh, York, did you say? Um, it's actually at Edgehill University. So that's kind of Ormskirk, just outside of Liverpool. Um, yeah. That's it, really. (laughs) (laughs) And what were you studying? Or what are you studying? Um, So I did dance. I graduated in 2021, um, and it was a three-year course. So um, I was a pandemic graduate. (laughs) Um, But I was, like, my graduation was the day that the restrictions lifted, so I was really lucky to actually have an in-person graduation. So, yeah, it's great. (laughs) And what do you think? Because obviously there's there's quite a dance scene on the island. Mm, Yeah, definitely. Um... I think, obviously, so I'm 22 now, and when I started, I, you know, started uh, with Dancer's Bar, um, which is still going now, I still go there, Um, 
and there wasn't loads of schools then that I remember but now there's so many dance schools and people are always going away to competitions and there's loads of shows on so it's really nice just to see that there's so many kids and adults that want to take part and just love dancing the same as me so it's nice <laughs> and it does I must admit I agree it seems to me over my sort of life that dancing's become more and more popular over the years and I don't know any little girl who basically doesn't go to dance lessons yeah no it's it's just so nice like um I teach at theatrics as well at the moment and like I've got quite busy classes and it's always nice to just see so many young kids like wow because I only started with ballet you know and I think a lot of kids are the same and now there's commercial contemporary jazz there's so many different things and it's nice that kind of most schools now offer that um so there's more for kids to try out. So it's just so nice to see, yeah. And I did say that. I said rather blatantly, oh, little girls taking it up. And maybe that's the way it used to be perceived. But did you get a lot more guys, young guys, now going into the dance scene? Yeah, definitely. Um, I teach, I think, three in total. Um, and then where I help out at Dancers Bar, I know there's three more there. Um, so, you know, slowly but surely, there's a lot more. And I know that... Um, one of the recipients of one of the Arts Council Awards was actually a male dancer. So it's really nice to kind of get them in the scene as well, yeah. And what's your specialism? Do you prefer tap, jazz, ballet? Um, I actually really don't get on with tap. Um, <laughs> I obviously love... Is that a polite ballet. way of saying you don't like it? Well, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously I started out with ballet. I love ballet, um, but I mainly train in contemporary dance um, and that's just my favorite I just love it it's a combination of kind of everything and like a lot of emotion goes into that as well and whether it's happy or sad like it's just really nice to be able to get that flow with contemporary yeah and what have you thought of these art scene generally on the island since you've been working with the council here um it's actually opened my eyes a lot um Without sounding too ignorant, um, I obviously being at uni didn't help, you know, being away from the island. Um, but I didn't realise how much that is actually going on. Um, and obviously that's growing like as the Arts Council kind of funds more projects or as people just get more involvement in projects, whether that's with us or um, with, say, dance schools. Um, and I just think it's great. Like, there's so much all the time. And, like, I know personally I'm doing a lot over the summer holidays, so it's not just in term time, as you will. Like, it's all through the year, whether that's Christmas or whether that's Easter. Like, it's all the time. It's just great. And it's not just dance. You know, there's musical theatre, there's drawing, creative writing, painting, drama. Like, we just had our connections group um, perform at the National Theatre, and that was great. I got to go on that trip, so... Not bragging or anything, <laughs> but I've been to the National Theatre. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's just so much, and I think it's really great. Um, it's a great place to grow up, I suppose, if you love that kind of thing. Or even if you're just interested and want to get involved, it's really nice. Yeah. And where do you see your future then heading after a great experience here at the Arts Council? Are you wanting to sort of go into the educational side of things, funding, administrative, performance, a bit of everything? <laughs> um so, well, if if I'm honest, I at uni for the whole three years, I was like, I don't want to be a dance teacher. I want to perform. And then I was kind of like, oh, do I? Like, so indecisive. Um, obviously, I am now a dance teacher. I love it. It's great. Um, I think I love the choreography side of it as well. So I obviously, after my year here, I do hope that I'm still teaching. Um, 
I also hope that I get to choreograph kind of different things, kind of take groups away and to to the UK and do like different dance festivals that maybe they've not done before. Um, and even in my long-term future, um, I hope to kind of go abroad somewhere and maybe choreograph with different companies. Like I just really love it. So kind of that side, I think, yeah. <laughs> and an enjoyable experience. Would you recommend it to anyone being an intern with the council? A hundred percent. I'm, yeah, I'm so glad that I applied for this job. I really didn't think I was going to get it, but now that I'm here and now that I'm working with them every day, it's, it's the, every day is not the same as the next. It's, it's just great. Like, even if you, I don't know, even if you've never really heard of the Arts Council, if you don't really know what they do, like, just get involved. It's, it's the best job ever. Yeah. <laughs> And if you want to find out more about such opportunities, get in contact with the Arts Council, iomarts.com. The Halle Orchestra in full flow, one of the best orchestras you will hear anywhere. And very soon... You won't even have to leave the island to hear them, as the Halle is coming here to the Isle of Man. Some fortunate souls will even get to play with them. Arts Development Officer for the Department of Education, Sport and Culture, Martin Kane, told me more. We had scheduled to have them in 2020, and... Uh, the breaks were put on that, um, along with uh, many other things. But um, it's been great to be able to rearrange it for uh, this year. So, uh, yeah, we'll have um, the Halle themselves will be here on the 23rd of July, uh, where they'll be playing the Villa Marina. Um, uh, they'll be bringing uh, Sir Mark Elder um, with them uh, as the conductor. And we also have the guest soloist, Benjamin Grosner, um, who is a world-famous pianist. So it's uh, it's very exciting, um, very exciting times to be able to host that uh, something like this locally. It is. How much work goes into organising something like this? Because it's it's a, presumably a fairly massive operation to bring them across. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was um, I was speaking to a friend um, the other night um, who works in the music industry in the UK, um, and I said, you know, we're bringing over ninety people, so there's ninety travel requirements 90 accommodation requirements um it's uh, it's quite a lot um involved um thankfully uh, the Halle are fantastic um, themselves they do these sorts of things all the time um and so we have very specific people to deal with very specific areas um and it's been brilliant you know working with our colleagues at villa gaiety as well um being able to accommodate things like this because of course you can't with this many people um you can't just have dressing rooms um so we have sort of areas within the complex where um the orchestra are able to be and sort of store their equipment and things while they're playing um but yeah it's been um it's been a big challenge um the closest thing i've done uh to this was probably a 12-piece band bringing them over so 90 is a little different <laughs> it is quite an undertaking if someone's never been to a, a symphony orchestra before, again, I think it's a, a rare chance, certainly on the island here, to go and see one. The music is going to be accessible. And I think unless you've really experienced a professional symphony orchestra in full flow, you, you don't really know what it sounds like. And, and basically the sound is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the you know, what a lot of people may not realise is that the Royal Hall and the Ville Marina is actually designed for orchestras. 
Um, and so with that sort of shape and the way that the roof uh, goes up, it's all there to help the sound of an, uh, an acoustic orchestra. So, um, yeah, as you say, to have a, uh, not only a full orchestra, but some uh, of the calibre of the Halle, um, it's really kind of going to be uh, a once in a rare time uh, experience to go and uh, to go and see live. Also, we should stress that there's an educational element to this. So there's also the performance, so a great opportunity to see a world-class orchestra performing here on the Isle of Man, as you say, in, in sort of purpose-built settings almost, in someone like the Villa Royal Hall. But also there's this educational aspect, so they're actually encouraging young people to get involved, thinking about playing, whether it's classical or not, but really there's this whole thing of engaging people and the younger people to take a love for music and a love for learning music and playing instruments. Yeah, definitely. So um, as uh, the Arts Council um, are an arm's length body of the Department of Education, Sport and Culture, and um, as part of this, um, we always seek to make things have an educational um, angle to them. So... While we'll have the concert on the Saturday, uh, the, for it's for the general public, um, we do have uh, what's called a Halle Come and Play um, opportunity, which is on the following day, on the Sunday afternoon, um, and that gives school children of any ability the chance to bring their instrument along and literally come and play with the Halle. And so there's a programme, we have some uh, rehearsal schedules um, set up, you can come along run through the music, and then the Halle will play, and you could literally play along with them. Um, and it's very exciting um, this time round. So the theme is the Americas. So um, the whole program is centered around music from North America, South America, Central, you know, uh, Central America. Um, and I know um, that it's going to include things like Fanfare for the Common Man yeah, and um, mm. Barber's Adagio for Strings, um, which is just a... You know, remarkable piece of music. It is very moving indeed, and you think just what a great opportunity, particularly if you are a budding musician and thinking perhaps of going further with your musical studies, maybe doing it at university, maybe wanting to to be a professional musician. What an opportunity to actually play with the Halle. Oh, it's incredible. Um, I mean, what we see is that a lot of um, a lot of music students uh, will go to places like the Royal Northern College of Music, which is based in Manchester. That's where the Halle are based. So if you do end up you know, playing at this concert and then wanting to go on and you end up going to somewhere like the RNCM, um, you're you're at the Halley's home, you know, so um, to be able to sort of say at a younger age, you did this, um, is a real, a real help for the future. Terrific stuff. So it is, as you say, coming up a bit later on this summer. Uh, 23rd of July is the concert, uh, and that's the Saturday. The Sunday is the come and play. Details again, so if people are wanting to either book tickets for the concert itself or get involved in the come and play, uh, what's the best way? Uh, so uh, the tickets are available from the Villa Gaiety box office, uh, villagaiety.com, or you can go down to the building um, itself. Um, for more information about the come and play, um, you can go to the Arts Council website, which is iomarts.com um, there you will see uh, more information about what's involved in the come and play and there's also a sign up form if you're interested in taking part now a quick reminder about this The Service Players production of Dick Barton's Special Agent, which had to be postponed 
At the 11th hour due to COVID, it's now on this coming week at the Gaiety Theatre opening this Thursday, that's the 15th and running through till Saturday evening. Don't miss it, particularly if you like lots of double entendre, ridiculously complicated dastardly plots, baddies in lovely dresses with alluring foreign accents and old men in thongs. That's about it for this week. Don't forget, if you want to hear anything again, go to manxradio.com and download the Spotlight podcast Listen at Your Leisure. Drop me a line with any artistic thoughts or ideas. Stay creative, and I'll see you next week. Cheerio.